Hello, and welcome to another episode of Boundless Body Radio. I'm your host, Casey Ruff, and today we have another amazing guest to introduce to you now. Dr. Donald Vega is a registered dietitian, strength and conditioning specialist, and lifestyle mentor, and most importantly, a husband and father, based in Costa Rica with more than 24 years of experience in health education. He is the founder of Killosophy, which was established with a vision to reverse the metabolic disease through a free, fit, happy, and healthy society. Dr. Vega specializes in low-carb, carnivore, and keto lifestyles, and has helped over 11,000 patients to improve their lives and lose over 220,000 pounds of extra fat through their interventions at his clinics. He has been a TEDx speaker and was also in charge of the nutritional counseling in the second season of The Reversed Reality Show, directed by our former podcast guest, Charles Maddox, who we hosted in episode 320 of Balanced Body Radio. Dr. Vega is also passionate about public speaking, coffee, wine, reading, stand-up paddle surfing, cycling, and resistance training. I had the pleasure of meeting Dr. Vega at Keto Salt Lake earlier this year in 2022 and loved his inspiring presentation. It is an absolute honor to welcome him to the show today. Dr. Vega, what an honor. Welcome to Balanced Body Radio. Ah, thank you. Thank you. And uh, thanks for the invitation that I, as you know, I am not a very heavy Facebook user. And then you send me your invitation and I read it like three weeks later. So I thought, oh, this guy must think that I, I am a, a snob or something. <laughs> but yeah, we're finally here. So thank you. Thank you very much. That's great. Yeah, that's great. No, it's such an honor. I know that people are busy. So if somebody doesn't get back to me immediately. I understand they're, they're probably really busy. One thing that's really interesting about your introduction is we both love to do some of the same things. I love resistance training. Cycling is one of my favorite sports. I love to get out on my road bike. I've got a paddleboard. We've got a lake just a mile away from us, which is really nice and beautiful. We don't get as many waves as you do in Costa Rica, but I, it's yeah. some, some of the hard, hardest things I come across, like if I had to have a free hour in my day, the hardest thing I have is trying to decide like which one I want to do. Sometimes I just want to try to do them all at the same time. Yeah. Uh, same thing happens to me here, even though, uh, we have the beach about two hours from here. So it's not that easy to go surfing or paddle boarding, but the, you know, the cycling and just going out, uh, sometimes is, it's a tough decision. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> like, uh, like uh, to the ground and get some sunshine. And so, oh, yeah, man. it's great. Yeah, absolutely. The cool thing about our lake is the water is almost always completely flat. Like, unless it's very, very windy, it there's there's no even like ripples. It's really smooth and really uh, very enjoyable. Mm. We went up into the mountains a few weekends ago and paddled in a bigger lake, and there were so many boats going around. There's quite a bit of wake, and I was just thinking yeah. to myself, oh my goodness, like if I if I had to do this in the ocean, I would become much much better at this. I'm I'm really Really not that good at stand-up paddleboarding just because I only do it on flat water. <laughs> yeah. And you know, funny story, I used to do surfing, you know, shortboard. And one of my clients, she bought a, a, a stand-up paddleboard. And you know, we were at the beach and she said, You want to use it? Said, yeah, of course. The instant I got up in one of those, you know, it was a, a love story forever. And I immediately changed. I left the, the short board and haven't done that ever since. Wow. And we're talking about 13 years now. Wow. And, I, you know, there are different versions for a stand-up paddle. Board. You have fishing, you have touring, the surfing. I, I like surfing. Nice. It is more challenging. And, and, yeah, for sure. Wow. It is, a, you know, the balance and everything you need to, to do that is, you know, it has a – carry over for daily life. 
in terms of equilibrium and, you know, balance and being able to recover from, you know, somewhere you might have fallen, you know, that helps a lot. Yeah, totally. I definitely noticed that with my balance and equilibrium as well. And it's interesting, like the last time I was at the beach to watch the surfers and, and contrast them with the stand up paddleboarders, the dude on the stand up paddleboard, he was always in motion on top of the thing. So he ride a wave and then he just turns right back around and paddles out where the surfers, it's like they get a ride, but then they have to like swim back. It was, it's right. very different. The dude's on his, on his feet the whole time. It's kind of cool. Yeah. You have a better view. In fact, you can measure the wave almost when it is forming. Wow. So it gives you time and you have, you know, you, you have more speed because you're paddling and you can, you can measure, you can position yourself in the right point. It's much easier. And you, you're just going in and out, in and out, in and out. Sometimes uh, shortboard surfers get mad. So I like to, to do paddleboard surfing where there's no people around. So oh, I'm not having to, wow. you know. Sometimes it's difficult. Yeah, interesting. Part. I've never considered that. That's a really good point. You would be able to see over the horizon much better and get some more speed oh, and momentum. Yeah. yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah. Never thought about sure. that. Well, that's awesome. You yeah. have such an interesting um, story and in how you got involved in health and fitness. But before we get into that, I would like you to explain what is philosophy. Okay. Uh, philosophy is a compound word. Uh, it is made of two different words. Kilo is what we use in... The, the international metric system to measure the weight, you know, the kilogram instead of the pound that is used in the U.S. And the sophie is the suffix for philosophy. So if you put them together, is the study of the weight management. So um, philosophy is where we, you know, is our is our idea of how weight, but not necessarily weight. And I'm going to go through that in a moment. Uh, it needs to be managed not only from giving you a piece of paper where you have a diet printed that you need to follow. I am a huge believer in intelligence. So once you, this is the phrase, once you know the, uh, once you know the principles, you can use your own methods and you know, when people have information, the right information, because not, right now we're swimming in a lot of information, but we're lacking on, on, on the right information. And I have, you know, I, my idea of doing this was I'm going to go to the main source, scientific source of people that are proposing that what they are doing is changing people's lives. I study from them. And then I put them together in a system, and that's what we created. We created a philosophy, which is uh, two things at the same time. One, the first one is education. So every patient has to go through a, um, a education process that normally lasts four and a half hours before the pandemic. We used to have a classroom for 40 people, and I used to do 12 hours of classes every week. We were putting out uh, three groups of 40 every, every week. And after the pandemic, we had that uploaded into an education platform, e-learning. So now our patients go through that education part before they start their follow-up with the nutritionist, which in our country is the same as a registered dietitian. We don't have nutritionists and, and RDs. Is the, we, we only have the equivalent of an RD. So they go in a follow-up um, 
you know, format every 15 days they see or they meet online or in person with a nutritionist who is, you know, taking measurements and, and checking if everything is okay and, you know, helping them to, to move towards their goals. And we work with 10K. It's not a run. <laughs> it is what we call the 10 biological keys of health. The K is, by, is for keys. And so we teach our patients about these 10 things. Uh, sunlight, sleep, electromagnetism, thoughts and mindset, hydration, breathing, exercise, nutrition, stress management, and uh, it is called the thermogenesis or cold thermogenesis or thermotherapy. You can either use heat or cold. It's very effective. So once they, they have the information during this first phase of four and a half hours that they have to do by themselves in their houses, um, then we consider that they have the initial knowledge to put a new lifestyle uh, system into their lives. And from then on, if they adopt every one of the 10 Ks, you know, each one that they adopt gives them better results that, than if they would only do nutrition and exercise as it is normally taught in, you know, in, in most, most doctors, for wow. example. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. I'm, I'm really grateful for two things. I'm grateful that you were able to develop all 10 of those things into that system, the 10 keys. And I'm also very grateful that I don't have to run 10 kilometers. So thank you very much for that. Um, we won't be running 6.2 miles today. So that's, that's fantastic. I got my steps in walking. That's good enough. Um, I, I do want to talk to you about um, the 10K system. But before we do, relating back to your story and something that you said earlier, which I think is very important, there, yeah. there is so much information out there. How, how were you able to find this good information? How were you able to determine what the truth was when there is so many different things out there, so many people saying different things? It can be quite overwhelming for people. How were how you able to find what, what you consider to be the truth and what really helps people amidst all the noise? And, and yeah, how, how did that work out for you? Well, this was originally assembled um, you know, 20, that was 2004. During that time, we didn't have much access to internet. Of course we had, but not as, as we are having now with the social media where people publish whatever they want and it becomes the truth, even though it, it doesn't have any basis or base. And during that time, it was a little easier. You know, I started with some, uh, I would say, because uh, I studied kinesiology at Czech Institute in California and Paul Czech, the founder, is very, very scientifically based. And if you follow the source of all his work, then you can find many other sources as good and scientific as they are. So I don't know, it was like a one takes you to another, then to another. And it was not that I was searching online, where, as I said before, we're uh, swimming in, in an ocean of information, but lacking on, uh, you know, the, the, the right information. So I think it, the moment it happened was 
probably the, the, the right moment because I didn't have to go through all this uh, noise, as you said. And just to give you an example, I was studying Tony Robbins about three, four years ago, and he recommended a book on body language, which I have here. And when I was searching for that book, the, the title, uh, I looked for it on Amazon and the title just, the title gave me like 12 different options. Many of them were books published in the last four to six months. Uh, so, you know, this title, it was a book that was published, I don't know, 20 years ago. And if you go and, and search for that title, it, it's going to show many other books that were just published. And many of those are books that, you know, are, they just go through the very surface and just to provide something that people can buy, not necessarily the right stuff. And, you know, it's pretty confusing. It, it took me a while to find the, the, the right book with that title. And same thing happens on, online now. You, you, you find lots of information that doesn't make any sense. But I think that was the, what happened. I, my original source was a very scientific one. So it took me to the right, to the right path. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, you you mentioned off air that you were you know pretty much an early adapter, and we're talking twenty years ago. That was very early with a lot of these things. I remember a specific course that I did maybe 15, 16 years ago when I first became a personal trainer, and we had a guy coming in talking about you know sunshine, and he was talking about not using microwaves and not keeping your food in plastic, and you know choosing organic fruits and vegetables. And I was just like, what is this guy talking about? Like, I had never heard of any of that. It was all so foreign to me. And sure enough, I look back now. And it's like, wow, he got a lot of things right way back then. Yeah, right. Um, you know, when, when we're faced with new information, well, that really depends on if it is really new or is or is it that you're listening to it for the first time in your life? Yeah. It's not the same. But the national the, the, the normal tendency is that first you criticize, then you make fun of, and then you accept it as the truth. And, you know, that's the cycle. But yeah, we're talking about 20 years ago that I started to, you know, to put together this system, putting all these variables together. And I remember at least when I implemented the low carb, which I didn't know it was keto that I was doing because I read it from a, from a book. It's called uh, um, Schwarzstein's Principle written by an endocrinologist and she just named it after her, her last name and, you know, going forth 10 years, I got into a book because I was being trained for addressing um, autism and attention deficit disorder through nutrition and some biological and medical interventions. And I, I read about this keto diet that was excellent for these kinds of patients. You know, people with autism, they tend to, to react very favorably to this intervention. And, and I remember I was reading this and hold on a second. This is, this is what I'm doing. And I have been doing for almost 11 years. Wow. And, and yeah, you, you heard, you hear that information and it takes a while 
And I remember at that time I was, I was still studying nutrition and I had a blog and I used to write every week on different topics, you know, exercise and, and breathing and especially nutrition and the good fats. And, and I remember all my, my classmates and, and people who already were professionals in nutrition, they were hammering me as this guy is a quack, he's gonna kill people, this doesn't make any sense. And you know, it takes some time. Well, I don't know if you have heard this, but and it takes normally 17 years from scientific information to the step that goes through clinical application. 17 years, according to a study published in 2003 in Washington. So yeah, if you haven't heard it, it doesn't mean that it's not happening or it's not truth. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it takes some time. And now we are seeing the effects, at least from the keto and low carb and carnivore lifestyles that, you know, they said, they used to say, oh, this Robert Atkins, he was a quack and he he died because he was, you know, he had, he died from a heart failure due to his diet and nothing could be further from the truth. That's right. And yeah, so it is very interesting, but yeah, it's a lot of basic foundation principles. Yeah, no, I, I love the way you explain that. It reminds me of our mutual friend, uh, Ben Azadi, the way he explained it. It might be new to you or it might be nuanced, but it's not new. This is how humans yeah. have lived and evolved for a very, very long time. And it's just our modern lifestyle is so far away from how we lived and evolved. We just are trying to get back to that and make that work in our modern lifestyles. And so I'm really, yeah. I'm really happy that you are willing to dive into these 10 keys with us today. Um, you were able to memorize all of them, which is fantastic. Um, I do want to say, I want to point out for the listener, if you're hearing this and thinking like there's, <clears throat> there's all of these different things, 10 different things that we're going to go through today, that can be a lot. That can be very overwhelming. And I feel really blessed and really fortunate that I've been at this for a while and I listen to the 10 things that you say. And I've implemented pretty much most, if not all of those things in my life. I was just, you know, preparing for this interview. I was outside barefoot in the sun, getting my walking in, practicing nasal breathing, learning, you know, last night I'm, I was in bed by eight 30 and I had my sauna. I do my sauna every single night. I had my carnivore meal and I, I'm, I'm very, again, blessed and fortunate that those are now part of my life. But I also realized that at, at some point I had to prioritize them, right? Like d d buying a sauna means I don't go out to eat very often. Or if I'm going to bed early, you know, I have to sacrifice other things. I don't go to the bar with my friends, you know? And so for, again, for the, all of that to say for the listener, if this seems overwhelming as we're going through some of these things, my suggestion, I'd love to hear what your opinion is. My suggestion is to, to the listener to think about one thing that maybe sounds really intriguing or maybe Maybe really hits home for you, or maybe it can be something that sounds really simple and just start with that one thing and see if you notice benefit from that. Try not to try not to think like if you're not doing all 10 of these things today, that, that you have to start doing these. And so that would be my suggestion. I'm curious to hear what you would, what you would say about that. Absolutely. And I would say one more thing. If you hear something that leaves you thinking and saying, this doesn't make any sense. It might get you angry. Try that first, mm. because we are kind of challenging a paradigm that you have. And just to remind people what a paradigm is, a paradigm is a collection of information that we have in our, in our subconscious mind that is 
recorded in our subconscious through different three different ingredients. One is um, emotion. The second one is repetition, and the third one is authority. So if you if you receive a message or if you hear a message from somebody who is an authority, let's say an MD, a medical doctor, um, you hear that message and it carries a an emotional effect into into you, you know your perception. I'll, I'll give you an example. And the third one, you hear that repeatedly, then it becomes a paradigm. And without you knowing that, you live your life through that lens. So let's say fats are bad for the heart, and you are gonna die if you eat saturated fat. Let's let's use that. As an example, you go to your cardiologist and maybe, which I don't recommend, but you start doing keto from the internet where you will have all sort of of conflicting information, which is not good for you, but you follow that and all of a sudden you go and your LDL cholesterol is a little higher and then your doctor goes through your tests and see, look at this LDLC, it's higher than it should be. Uh, what are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm following a ketogenic diet. Okay, that's not good because fat is not good for you and you're gonna die from a heart attack if you keep doing that. Look at your numbers. Okay, there you have the three things. Well, two of the three things, and I assume that you have been receiving the third one. First one, the authority, the doctor, the cardiologist, he knows what he's talking about. The second one is emotion. You're going to die. Can you imagine that if you keep doing that? And the third one is repetition. He might be the carrier of the message right now, but I'm pretty sure that you have heard that before. You know, saturated fat is bad for your heart. So the more you hear that, the more it imprints into your system and it becomes your reality. And you make decisions based on that information even if it is not right, but at the current time, that's the truth for you. So what I mean is that if anything that we're going to talk about today is challenging you in in some way, uh, you might take a step back and take it from another perspective and say, wow, what they are saying, uh, I don't like it. Uh, It is completely opposite to what I have learned, but I'm going to open my mind this time and I'm going to try it for one month and see what happens. And of course, ideally, you would be applying the 10 principles of health that I'm going to share. But if that's almost impossible, you go in steps or in in different scenarios where you take one, you implement that, you make that a habit. You know, we have heard about 20, 10, 21 days where where you are doing every day the same thing, it becomes imprinted and then it's easier for you to keep doing that for the rest of your life. And then it could take you 10, week, uh, 10, 10 21 day cycles to have that as a life system. And all of a sudden you will have results that you have never had before. Now, one more thing. I am not the owner of the absolute truth, but I base all my information in scientific knowledge. It's not something that I just woke up today and said, oh yeah, that, I, I had a dream that if you bathe in 
cold water that is 50 degrees or less, you're going to start burning fat. Let's try that with our patients and see what happens. If somebody dies, then it means that it doesn't work. <laughs> if it works, then we just made a hit. It's not like that. You know, I, I, what, what I put in my, in my system, very, very serious. And of course, we follow first do no harm as our, as our you know, as our preach. Yeah. First do no harm. Yeah. yeah. I, no, I love that. And I, I think one of my North Stars for trying to find the truth is to find the people that are selling something or the people that are just telling you about things that are actually free. I don't know if you get paid by the ice industry to tell people to take cold baths. <laughs> um, I'm assuming or, not. <laughs> or by or by the sun industry. Exactly. Or by, or by the oxygen industry. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you get a little bit of commission if I'm out on my walks getting some sunshine. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's right. fantastic. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, before we dive in, I do want to ask also, are these are these in order for a particular reason or are these just 10 things that you decided to put in order? Because I think the temptation, especially, you know, somebody like you with a nutrition and personal training background, we you almost always see lists like this that have nutrition and exercise in either one of those first two spots interchangeably. Did, so, so I just want to ask, did you put these in any kind of order or are they just, these are the 10 things? No. Well, the way I, or the order that I talked about them, it is based on a, on a system that I used to learn and is relationship or relating it to something. I'll, I'll briefly explain. But all these 10 things just kept appearing one at a time in my life where I saw, oh, this makes sense. This guy is showing that people, when they do this, they get better and they lose weight and they lower inflammation. Oh, this needs to be in, in my system. And I started to study that from scientific sources. And then, okay, this makes sense. It has scientific proof. It works. People get better. I'll put it in my system. And then, you know, it, it kept growing. We're at the 10th now. I'm not sure it's gonna, if it's going to stop there or if I'm going to have to add more. But I think 10, as we have it now, we're, I think we're covering almost everything, cool. if not everything. So the way I... I Memorize this as I go from the top down. So, which is highest? The sun, sun. so sunlight. Good call. Then what comes after that? The moon, so sleep. The third one, electromagnetism, which is a, 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 a layer in the, in the earth that is uh, full with electrons that are discharged to the earth about 80 million every day with, through lightnings. So that's the third one. The fourth one, is the head, so thoughts, then uh, breathing, hydration, nutrition, stress management, and exercise, you know, body, and and thermotherapy, which is full body. So that's the way I, just the way I memorized that. Fantastic. No, that's a really great way to yeah. think about that. That makes it really easy. Let's talk about the first one, sunshine. Why is sunlight so important? Okay. Uh, I think this is common practice when you have a, a uh, baby, newborn baby, you take him out for five minutes outside in the sunlight. It is important for their liver to start functioning correctly. And if you don't do that, you know, they they turn a little, a little uh, yellowish. And, uh, you know, that's a prescription from the doctor. You should take your son outside or your daughter or your child outside. What do we know that sunshine... Uh, provides to our body. First one, it gives you photons, which the body turns into energy. 
the second one, it gives you a chemical reaction in your skin that produces the precursor to vitamin D. And what is vitamin, what is vitamin D? Vitamin D is an anti-inflammatory. It has a relationship with uh, calcium metabol metabolic, metabolic uh, pathway. And, you know, the fact that it is an anti-inflammatory molecule is very powerful because from our lifestyles, we are very, very, very inflamed. And anything that gives you inflammatory uh, effects is, is going to be you know, very powerful to your system. So the vitamin D, it gives you um, also in uh, chemistry in your brain. So it helps you with your mood. It fights depression. Uh, vitamin D as well has a powerful effect in your enterocytes, which are the cells that are lining your intestines. And when you have them separated, it's called leaky gut syndrome. And that's the door that you open for autoimmune disease. And when you take sunshine and the vitamin D, it has and helps the, the enterocytes to come together again. So it, it you know, like de re regenerates the 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 the, the digestive digestive tract, and also when you expose your eyes to the light, especially in the morning, you have a, an effect that produces in the back of your eye uh, melatonin and serotonin. The melatonin that you're going to use in the night to sleep is actually produced after the, the blue light that you receive in the very, very first hours of the morning. And it also helps your internal clock to understand what part of the day you are at, depending on the, the different frequencies of the sunlight that you are perceiving. And there are different kinds of ultra um, B and or ultra B rays, you have a couple of them. And depending on the time, they give them your, your body different information and what to do about it. So uh, if we think what, what we are living now, we wake up uh, under a roof, then we move to a small roof, which is called a car or a bus or a train to get into another roof, which is called the office. And then you get out of the office back to another small roof, which is again, your car. And then you, if you are lucky, you go to another bigger room with a roof, which is called a gym. And then you get back to your house, which has a roof again. And we're not exposed to the sunlight anymore as we should be. And in fact, there is proof that people with low vitamin D have they are the ones that have had the worst outcomes due to COVID infection. And if I remember right, I think it was Scotland or Ireland, and I'm sorry about not remembering right. They even the government even went to offer free vitamin D, understanding how vital it is. Yeah. And I don't know if you have ever been there. I haven't, but I have heard from friends that have been there, have been there. 
that it's cloudy and raining almost all the time. So you don't have much access to, to sunlight. And, you know, they went that far as giving population free vitamin D because of how important it is for infections. So it, it, it gives power to your immune system. So I, I think we could make this podcast um, eternal just talking about sunlight. Yeah. That is very important. Yeah. yeah. Couldn't agree more. I absolutely love talking about that topic. Let's talk a little bit about what you just mentioned also, which is using the, the daytime to help set up night. Why is sleep so important? Okay. Um, according to Matthew Walker, he wrote the book, Why We Sleep. Um, well, and, and, and you know, it is, it is completely intuitive. We are designed to live and move and destroy and, and work out during the day. And there's a phase where you need to recover. In the, the Chinese, they use the yin-yang, the yin meaning recovering, the yang meaning destroying. You know, that's the balance of light. I mean, of life. And sometimes people, if they are overachievers, they they think, oh, I'll sleep when I die. For now, I'll do whatever I can, as much as I can. But sadly, that's almost as if you were accelerating your own machine to die faster. And in fact, it is. He, pro he proves that. So you build muscle mass. You recover your home hormones. You get anti-inflammatory and uh, antioxidation molecules working for your system during the night. You have a system that goes and cleans your brain during the night when you are sleeping. And, and listen to this, it's not during the night, it's when you are sleeping. Because you might be during the night, but if you're not sleeping, this is not happening. Good point. Um, yeah, you. if you don't sleep well, there are a couple of things related, three actually related to weight gain. Uh, the first one is that uh, we have to remember that not very recently, we didn't have access to light, artificial light. We didn't have access to refrigerators. We didn't have access to supermarkets where we can find processed foods that are sitting there for months and you can get them whenever you want at any time you want, any day you want. And if you don't have to, if you don't go out to the supermarket, you have access to that same stuff in your pantry or in your refrigerator. What used to happen before all these inventions? Uh, we, we, we used to follow the, the, the year cycle where during some particular time, Half of the year you had access to uh, different foods, uh, fruits, vegetables, animals. And during the other part of the, the, of the year, you didn't have access to them. Let's say for example, because everything was frozen. And so these having access and not having access, you know, it normally was that you used to accumulate energy in your system in the form of fat just to get yourself ready for the time where there's not access to any foods and then you have a huge amount that you can rely on when there's nothing outside. Then it's like a cycle. We're like a 
you know, this instrument, uh, musical instrument that uses air. I don't know how to say it in English, but, um, you know, that goes out and then comes in. But, in, and especially during the, the summertime where days are longer because of inclination of the sun, when you have access to, or let me say it the other way, when, when we're in summer and going into the, uh, the fall, that's where nature has most of the uh, stuff you need to have in case that you're preparing for winter, so you're gaining weight during that time. And you have longer hours, light hours during that particular time of the year. So your body is set in a way that if you have artificial light in the night, late at night, the only interpretation that the brain has is, okay, this is late summer, longer days. It's time to keep looking for food because we need to get ready for the winter time. You see? So what they have found is that people that they are overweight, they tend to eat more during the night. And if they are exposed to bright lights during the night and your eyes are receiving that information that they're interpreting that the days are longer, it's time to keep eating. So it makes people eat more unnecessarily, but just because of the light late at night. Okay, that's one. The second one is that when people don't eat, don't sleep, enough, meaning in the right uh, portion of time, the eight hours or seven and a half hours to nine hours, or they sleep less than six hours, a couple of things happen. One is that the prefrontal cortex, which is in charge of deciding if whatever you have in front of you is good or bad for you. So if it is bad, maybe you shouldn't have it. Let's say cookies, everybody knows that cookies are something that if you eat many of them, it's going to get you into trouble. You, you're going to start gaining weight. You know, it's almost intuitive. But when you sleep, when you sleep well, it is, and I always talk about this. Uh, I don't know if you remember in the cartoons, you used to have this, the small uh, devil and the small angel here yeah. that would help you decide, yeah, right? <laughs> So the, pre the, the prefrontal cortex is this area that has uh, the angel fighting against the devil who's telling you all the time, okay, that's a cookie, go after it, eat it. Then the angel appears and says, wait, 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 wait a second, maybe that's not a, get, a good idea. You're trying to make a lifestyle change and that's not um, consistent with what you're trying to do. So maybe you should stop. Okay, when you don't sleep well, that part of your brain is not active. And then you indulge easy in many, uh, in many behaviors that are not conducive to health. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm here and I'm not talking just about eating or not. I'm talking about fighting social media and just, just start throwing out things at people because you don't have that break, okay? And it easily can translate into being more stressed, eating more things that you shouldn't be eating, for example. And uh, the third one is that when you sleep, when you don't sleep well, you have higher glucose in your blood. And when you have higher glucose in your blood, then you have a tendency of being pumping more insulin. And when you have glucose and insulin together, 
you have the perfect recipe for accumulating fat just because you're not sleeping well, not because you ate something that you weren't supposed to. So, you know, sleep from a behavioral thing, it is, you know, being strong, uh, purposeful. You have, you're more balanced in your brain. You have, you have more balance. You make better decisions. And of course, there are these uh, physiological responses to lack of sleep that are creating trouble in terms of the blood glucose, for example. Yeah, I love that explanation. That was fantastic. And all of this at a time when we just think like, you know, we're kind of like powered off. We're absolutely not powered off when we sleep. There's a lot going on and we need to really respect that. And I really appreciate that explanation. I thought that was fantastic. Uh, Let's go to the third uh, key of health. And so this is now magnetism. Is that right? Electromagnetism. Yeah. See, when you explain the higher to lower, I've already memorized it. This is like really easy. I'm so glad you explained it that way. Right. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, electromagnetism refers to electrons. So we were talking about photons from the sun that your body converts and uses as energy. And you have the electrons as well. We have free electrons in the ground that come from, um, from an area in the atmosphere that is fully charged with electrons and they are transferred to the to the earth through lightnings that are happening around the globe every second. Can't remember the the exact amount, but you can do the math. It's 80 million every day. So 80 million discharges from this part of the atmosphere that go to the ground. And as you know, we produce electrons in our mitochondria. That's the way our energy currency happens is electrons, electron transfer chain. Remember, that's part of the uh, uh, energy production in the mitochondria. So electrons, the more you have, the less inflammation you have and the more energy accumulation you have, potential energy that you can use, being creative, doing exercise, you know, loving, sharing, anything that you need, you need energy. And there's a free source of energy that we all have access to. It's called the earth. So whenever you are barefoot and you're walking outside on the ground, on the grass, on the earth, you have access to that energy. And energy functions in a way that it uh, it reaches equilibrium. So, so if you are an entity that is somehow discharged of energy because of your lifestyle choices. Maybe you're using glucose instead of fat as energy source in your system, which produces less energy, the glucose versus the fat. And you have the earth that is fully charged. The minute you put this together, the electrons start to flow from where they are more concentrated to the area that they are less concentrated. So they start impregnating the system that is less concentrated, in this case, your system, your body. So you start charging to the point that they get an equilibrium and then you are fully charged. And we have access to that. But as I was saying with the sunlight, same thing happens after 1930, 1940, that we started using rubber in your in our soles of the in our shoe soles. So at that particular time, we uh, well, not we, because I wasn't alive at that time. <laughs> but people used to have, yeah, um, 
um, oh, hold on, let me remember the word. Uh, oh, the skin, the skin, what, what do you, uh, leather, leather as soles and the shoes and sandals. But uh, after the rubber shows up, then this isolates the leather, it's a conductor of the electrons. The rubber isolates. So after that moment on, as we as a society started using these isolated shoes, we started losing, not losing, but we, we stopped having access to this re, recharge system, natural recharge system. And as you know, people, you don't see people walking outside, outside barefoot and it would be kind of weird, but that's exactly what is happening. People would normally be barefoot and having access to this energy all the time. In fact, all living creatures are grounded every second of the day. And even the birds, when they are not flying, they go to a, a tree and they, when they get in contact with the tree, they get this effect. So if we use shoes, we are isolating ourselves. So we need to take a space of time where we get back to, you know, uh, foundation principles or practices from people living, you know, many, many uh, centuries ago. So basically a way to recharge your system, lower your inflammation and shield yourself from microwaves is what happens when you are grounded. Yeah, wow. I love so that's that. electromagnetism. And also there's the, the native energy, which is the one produced by the earth. And, and you have the non-native, which is the man-produced electromagnetic frequencies that are the ones that steal electrons from our systems. So uh, you, you have it both ways, the, one, the good ones and the bad ones that you need to learn how to avoid them or manage them through the day, throughout yeah. the day. Yeah. No, you're, you're right when you say it is a little weird to see somebody walking barefoot. How much do you love being that weird person, man? I love being the weirdo in my neighborhood, going on walks, <laughs> no shoes, no shirt, full sun. Like, I don't care. Yeah. I don't even care. It feels great. Yeah. Well, we have to know and understand. And the, the, the sooner we understand this, the better for our life it is, because we are not going to be that frustrated. There's this uh, adoption of innovation curve. Have you ever heard about that? Yeah, I have. Okay, so there are the innovators. It's about 3.5% of the population. Those are the ones that think once there is a problem, they think on how to solve it. And they they are inventors using, you know, uh, the kind of in uh, creativity, that is from zero or using different things that already exist to create a solution. Those are innovators, 3.5 of the population. So they adopt easily. The second group is a 13, 12.5% of the population. They are, they are called the early adopters. So the early adopters, uh, when there's a solution, something new, something creative, they like to be the first ones to try it or use it. And I am like that. I am not an inventor and I, I am somewhat a creator with this system that I, I put together. I didn't create the different parts, just put them together, 
you know, thinking that this makes sense. If they work by themselves as well as they work, what if we put them together? It's going to be a blast. Yeah. So the then there's the the early majority, which is a 33% of the population. They, they are not running to try something that is new, but they are, you know, they see that once or twice it works with somebody else. So they are willing to do it. There's the, the late majority. They need to see that their daughters, not, not their daughters, they wouldn't let their daughters, <laughs> their dogs, the, the teacher, the doctor, and many other people try before and say this works. And they might consider to do that, you know, to try it. And the, the last one is of the laggards, which don't ever change. It's the 16% of population. Yeah. So <clears throat> if we understand that there's the yin, the yang, the Democrats, the Republicans, you know, there are always two parts to the same reality. Same thing happens here. There's a 50% of the population that are early adopters and 50% of the population that are almost never going to change. Almost never going to change. They change They change very slowly. So as you were saying, walking outside, outside barefoot, uh, no shirts, sunshine, maybe drinking water instead of hiring Gatorade, for, Gatorade, for example. It's weird. Yeah, it's weird. And you might belong to this 16% of the population that are between the creators and the early adopters. And you might be dealing in your own house with somebody who's a laggard. So instead of getting frustrated, you need to understand, yeah, that's the, just the way they are. Yeah. And they're not going to change. They, they, you know, they are structured. They, are, they need confirmation many times. And once you understand that, then you start fighting for other people to change because you understand, okay, there's a time when they will change, but it is their time. Yep. They will figure it out someday. Yep. No, so, yeah. I appreciate that explanation. <laughs> That's great. Um, and, and yeah, I, I think, you know, if, if more of those early adopters, you know, can find the truth and then start to share it around and start to practice those things, the faster this can go. I mean, you referenced earlier in this interview that 17 years that it takes for something, you know, maybe idea to form to maybe become like standard practice. So I really right. do appreciate that. Let's talk about the fourth key, which is uh, mentality and mindset. Right. For me, that's the biggest one. It is the most important. It is 80% or more of the results is it's between here and here. It's your mindset is whether you give yourself permission to do it or if you are ready to do it on, on Keto Salt Lake. I mentioned the statistic 2018 was published that 88% of the U.S. population adults is uh, they, they have some kind of metabolic uh, disease, 88% and only 12% are considered healthy. So if it is true, which is according to this publication, then why 88% of the population is sick? Why? Okay, so there was this study that determined six different factors of why people don't change, uh, in this case, in, in health-wise. So the first one is they don't, it doesn't occur to them that they can change. So what, what they say to themselves, it is, I am big boned, 
my family is like this. Uh, they they have always been overweight. I am the same, you know, resignation everywhere. You can see it. Or that's for other people who are more disciplined than I am. So it never occurs to them that they can be healthier. That's the first one. That's completely psychological, psychological, because it's either you give yourself permission or not. So that's psychological. The second one is um, if they, it does if it doesn't occur to them that they can change, they never made the they never make the decision. So that's another one, psychological. The second one. The third one, if they decide that they are going to make a change, they start putting it off and procrastinating. You know, psychological, nothing mechanical there. It's just a decision. You need to make a decision, psychological. The fourth one, once they make the decision and start, and going back again, why are, why we have 88% of the population being sick? They make a decision to start, but they use a bad strategy. Let's say, for example, this is something we see a lot every day. People, new people, new patients comes to our, come to our clinic saying, oh, I did this on, on the, I did keto on the internet, but it didn't work to me or work for me. Or it's, I, I started having uh, heart palpitations or constipation, or I feel dizzy all the time. And they are not applying the right principles. That's it. And that's, that's the only one that's mechanical of the six. The other five are psychological. So I give you that one. It's just you, you, uh, you chose a bad strategy, but if you choose the right strategy, it's going to take you to the right place. The fifth one is the inability to, um, inability to stop instant gratification. So that's psychological as well. And the sixth one is planning on a, a short-term change instead of a long-term change. So that's the difference between doing a diet and changing your lifestyle, completely different things. So if you see of these six factors, five of them are psychological. That's the mindset. So we work pretty hard on the mindset. I am a NLP practitioner. Uh, that's a neurolinguistic programming, which is a system that detects where you have paradigms, helps you help you to, we help patients to understand where the auto-sabotage is coming from in their cases. It of course ha has to do with their paradigms and the way they see reality, which is most of the time not correctly. And then we reprogram through five different techniques the right mindset or the mind frame or the you know the decision and, and we back it up with with persistence but not the one that you have to be pushing but the one that is pulling you because you make the change here and not you and, and not as most people do it I, I am persistent and I I made the decision I'm going to make it because they're, you know, their life force, they're always putting energy. You have to create it in a way that it becomes a habit and you are pulled by it instead of being pushed in the process all the time, because eventually you will get tired of pushing. And so the mindset is basically that we teach people where the paradigm is at, at this time in, in terms of, of making a change, uh, what does it mean to you to make a change right now? Uh, 
motivation, where, where does it come from? It comes from two different places, very powerful places. One is avoiding pain. And when you see yourself in a point where you are having pain, it can be physical pain, emotional pain, mental pain. I'll give you an example of, of each of those ones. You, your knees hurt all the time and you are overweight and you're not willing to go forth one more second because it's so painful, then you decide this is enough. I'm gonna change. Okay, at that time, at that time you have a new person because that person is really motivated, but but it it, it had it had to it had to go to a point where it was really painful for them to make the necessary changes. The second one is uh well emotional pain. People tell us all the time they they stand in front of a mirror and they don't recognize themselves or they want to go in, uh, to the beach during the summer and you know they hate women for example that that they can't use a two piece bathing suit they have to use one piece bathing suit because it hides parts of their body that they're not happy with so at the time that they're they have this emotional pain they're not willing to to accept it anymore we have a different person it's a person who's ready to change and the second one is uh, gaining pleasure so gaining pleasure in my case I am 47 years old. Um, my goal, personal goal, is being 100 kilograms. That's 220 pounds with a 5.5% body fat. Okay, you have numbers, and that's my goal. But why I want to do that? Because I have a six-year-old son, as you said when you were introducing me. By the way, thank you for that. And I want him to grow up knowing, by example, that when you are and you go grow older you can be healthy and vibrant and even more healthy than the year before yeah so that's my true motivation so as you see you avoid pain and you gain pleasure when you have those together we need to find we need to help people to identify exactly what is this pain that they are trying to move away from and what is this pleasure that they want to achieve and if they don't know it they don't have it. We help them create it. So it, they are pulled because of that. Yeah. So that's thoughts. And, and the mindset is more than 80% in my, in my experience. Wow. wow. That is so well explained. Dr. Vega, we have gone through four of the 10 keys of health. I'm going to kind of put you yeah. on the spot here since we're at an hour. Do you think we could invite you back to come back sometime to talk about the other six and we could talk about how to implement Absolutely. those? Absolutely. That would be my biggest pleasure. I have learned so much from just these first four and, and different ways of looking at things. I, I think if we would have been a little bit more brief with some of these things, we would have missed a lot of that. So I really appreciate how deep we went into this. And yeah, we would love to schedule another hour with you to go into those other six because I'm, I'm so excited to learn more about these things. You've got such a, a really cool way of looking at that. But maybe for the listener, if they're really excited to, to pick up on those last six, where can people go to find you and connect with you in your work and get more of this information? Okay, sure. The only thing is that for speaking uh, English-speaking people, we don't have any English-speaking channels or materials yet. We will provide or create them. Uh, but we have the social media is Kilosophy. That's K-I-L-O-S-O-P-H-Y uh, underscore Nutrition with a C instead of a T because it's in Spanish. 
Uh, we have uh, Facebook, we have Instagram, and we also have our YouTube channel, but again, it's only on Spanish. Uh, but yeah, if you are Spanish speaking, so you can get a lot of information from there. And of course, I will be more than uh, delighted to be again in, in, in this program. And you know, this thing you were saying, we would have been a little more brief on some of those. Yeah, it's good for the time, but maybe not good for the total understanding of, of what we're trying to communicate. And this is something that I have to deal with every day because I like to study and I like to pass information. But in this era of 15-second videos on Instagram that people only take, pay attention to 15 seconds, I have had to change completely the way I communicate because I used to do uh, one and a half hour videos on explaining on the gut lining and how to you know, get abdominal muscles, not from the exercise, but from your nutrition. And my wife, who's uh, 11 years younger than me, she said, no, you have to go shorter, no, no. And I said, no, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna compromise the quality of the information. And now I find myself doing 10 minute videos. <laughs> but yeah, that's the way it is. Yeah, that's funny. You have to listen to the younger people when it comes to social media and, and things like Instagram for sure. So it's good that you took that advice because you're right. Some people just don't have the attention span for it as much as we want to get into the sticks and into the details. If, if people yeah. aren't willing to do that, then we're not going to make a change. And so I'm glad that you have right. adapted your message and we can do both forms. And yeah, I agree with you that if we would have skimmed over some of these things today, we would have lost a lot of that nuance and just your energy and passion is just so absolutely infectious. Again, just selfishly for me to have another hour with you would be an absolute honor and a joy. So <laughs> thank you, Dr. Vega, so very much for everything you do. Thank you for presenting all of this great information today that's going to be great for our listeners. And, and thank you for taking the time to be on our show today. We really appreciate you. Absolutely, Casey. Thank you for the invitation. It's been really a pleasure. Absolutely. It was definitely a pleasure. And this has been another episode of Boundless Body Radio. As always, thank you so very much for listening to and supporting Boundless Body Radio. It has been such a joy to go on this journey now that it's been two years of doing these episodes and all the amazing conversations that we've had with thought leaders and to be able to share this message around the world with literally hundreds of thousands of people has been so amazing. If you haven't already, please go over to Apple, leave us a rating and review as it's the best way for the show to continue to grow and touch more lives of people out there. I am so excited to announce that we are launching the Boundless Body Radio Premium Podcast. This is something that I have been working really hard at for a very long time and something I am very proud of. Now that we have done over 300 episodes, our content can be a little bit overwhelming if you really want to learn about one particular topic and really zero in on that topic. So that is exactly what I have done. I have gone through all of our episodes, taken the very best clips all about one particular topic and put them into long form, 
very informative and concise episodes called the Boundless Body Radio Premium Podcast. That can be found on our brand new Patreon page, which I'm really excited to announce as we have all kinds of different offers there and different tiers. We're including early releases of our show, Boundless Body Radio. We typically keep about 15 to 20 episodes scheduled at any given time. So we have options there where you can have early access to those. We're also offering group and one-on-one coaching and also access to these premium podcast episodes, the Boundless Body Radio Premium Podcast. We have three that are launching right now, and I will be making a new one every other week. And we believe that we are providing these for a very, very high value. So please check us out on Patreon. Check the link in the notes to be able to get there. And thank you, as always, for listening to Boundless Body Radio.